It's the most adaptable, violent, explosive, and smart Cardinals podcast out there. What's going on? It's Bo Brock, Saul Bookman, PHNX Cardinals. No Johnny Venerable. He is, uh, he's at the happiest place. He's on the teacups, Yeah, baby. he's on the teacups. He's probably just waiting in line. His life is just waiting in line <laughs> unless he knows how to work that fast app for Disneyland these days. He's out there with the fam. Much deserved time off. We're going to... We, we don't take any days off. We're kind of the Belichickian mindset here. Saul Bookman just straight off of PHNX Suns right here on PHNX Cardinals, of course. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the number one sportsbook app in America. Don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. You got great stuff coming your way about Suns, Yotes, D-backs. They just had pitchers and catchers report. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals as Jonathan Gannon begins to build his staff. And the news broke right before the show, Saul Bookman. Uh, before I get your thoughts on Gannon, that Eric Bieniemy is poised to become the next offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Bieniemy choosing to ride with Daniel Snyder and Sam Howell and Riverboat Ron Rivera in Washington instead of, I mean, we got no reports that Bieniemy was going to be requested here by the Cardinals, but was it a missed opportunity to pair him with Kyler Murray? Uh, yeah, potentially. I, I Again, like, it, it, listen, if there's no interest, if you're building your own franchise and Bo, you, you you know, you know, like if you're ever put in charge of a whole organization or at least, you know, you're putting your team together, um, you already have your mind made up on who you would like to target first. Right. And um, since there was no pre-established relationship with the enemy, I find it hard to believe Gannon being truly interested in in trying to seek him out. Um, it probably would have been worthwhile for him at least to have a phone call with him. Right. But I, I'm not I'm not really spinning my wheels on that. It would have been nice um, on on paper. It would have been nice, but honestly, I don't give a shit about on paper right now. <laughs> and that that will lead us to our Jonathan Gannon discussion. That's sure. right. I mean, I think it would take your new head coach swallowing some serious pride to give a call to the offensive coordinator that apparently found one of your big tendencies on, mm -hmm, on defense mm -hmm. that exposed you in the second half. And Eric Bieniemy and what the Chiefs were able to accomplish there. Some serious pride swallowing by Jonathan Gannon. But let's get to your thoughts on the hire because we didn't get it. I know you're kind of a Gannon fan. What did you think about the uh, the, the introductory press conference yesterday? Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I'm, I'm a Gannon fan. Um, but what I will say is, it's like, listen, folks, we, we have no idea. We just never – we don't have any idea what this guy's going to be all about. Like, I know everybody's trying to shit on him for the last – you know, the second half of the Super Bowl and and for the week schedule that the Eagles uh, played. But, you know, there he had talent. He did the most he could with with that talent. Um, he put him in a position to succeed. He put them in a position to succeed again in the Super Bowl. You had two kind of flukish things happen. You had your quarterback just drop the ball flat out, and that gave up seven points. And then you had a massive punt return that returned the ball all the way down to the five-yard line mm -hmm. and put the uh, the Chiefs in a prime position to be able to use that that V cut uh, to sky more and whatnot. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not stressing that. What I like is that, that he's engaged. Mm -hmm. um, he seems like he's energetic. He seems like he's really, um, he wants to make it known that things are about to change. Uh, and I think it's for the better. I think what Cliff did to this franchise and Kime did to this franchise is they kind of put it in a little bit of a malaise mm -hmm. and just kind Good of word. a, you know, you know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of there. Right. Um, and there was no spark and there was no, there was no, 
I don't even feel like even the wins and losses were really that high or that low. I think like everything was almost just the same. And that's a horrible place to be right? Uh, for, for not only a player, but for a coaching staff and for us fans. So I, I like the fact that he's engaged and he's, he's trying to win the press conference. And I think a lot of people said that they thought he won the press conference. I don't give a shit about winning the press conference because that doesn't mean anything in the win and or loss column. I want to see results. And um, I have, you know, high hopes that this guy's going to be able to come in here and and establish his own identity with this team and succeed. He definitely brings some juice. He's got a scouting background that I want to get into here. We're going to look at the third overall pick. One team has kind of emerged as a little bit thirsty for that pick, potentially trading up. We'll tell you who that is later in the show. But, you know, as far as what Gannon brought to the press conference, he immediately was on the defensive and, and talking about how great Kyler Murray is and can be and getting him back on track. It was from the, the new brain trust of the Arizona Cardinals, Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon and Michael Bidwell, that that stood out to him, that he wants to be a guy that's going to get Kyler Murray back on track. He joined NFL Network yesterday, and this was just kind of a tweet that would kind of echo what he was saying on NFL Network about how he's going to approach Kyler Murray, similarly like he approached Jalen Hurts in Eagles practice. This is Mike Garofolo, NFL insider, saying that on NFL Now, Jonathan Gannon's plans to make things tough on Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray in practice is much of the same as the Eagles and Nick Sirianni had thrown things at Jalen Hurts during the week to make him better on Sundays. Pretty interesting stuff, and I completely agree with that. I mean, gone are the days of country club training camp and yeah. practices for yeah. this, t- this organization and it's going to be the best for Kyler Murray. You saw it was the best for for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, I think, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better leader in the NFL. And, and that's something that Kyler Murray on his own is going to have to kind of strive towards. And I, even on his – like, is he could put his best efforts forward and not get to Hurts' level. And that's what we're not looking for here. But the fact that you can challenge him – day in and day out in practice is going to make him a better quarterback. A million percent. I couldn't have said it better myself. Kyler Murray uh, has has lost his way in the NFL uh, for the last year and a half, um, and specifically fundamental-wise. And I think uh, that's that's – that's really what everything should be geared around. And I honestly, like we talked about it at length, and we don't need to go into to detail again about this, but I just did not feel like the play calling uh, really matched up with what Kyler Murray's skill sets could and should be. And I think what's going to happen is, is whoever the offensive coordinator uh, comes in and whatever he tries to do, they're going to really seriously sit down, find out the things that Kyler does very well, Find out the things that he doesn't do very well. And then in the middle of that, they're going to try and figure out some other things that he does and uh, and does not do well in practice, in training camp, to figure out, okay, can he go under center? Right. Is he available to is he able to be able to to raise his level? And does this help him out as a quarterback as we move forward? I just don't feel like Cliff challenged this kid enough. And um, and I'm not gonna put that on Kyler. And I don't give a shit what anybody <laughs> thinks about that. I don't care. I believe in Kyler. I really do. Um, I think he lost a little bit with his ball this year. I don't know why. He was a little inaccurate. And I also feel like it was it was a fundamental reason why. Like, his footwork was trash this year. It was right. not good. He was fading back too many times. Like, these are simple things that are correctable. We saw it a year ago when he was an MVP candidate. It didn't just disappear uh, because he just forgot. It just he established some bad habits and right. nobody corrected him. Right. It was I think enabling is a word yes. that people like to yes. throw around. It's like uh, parents who kind of let their kids kind of coast by and, and and don't challenge them to be better individuals and and strive for higher goals. And I think 
what we saw for the first three seasons with Kyler Murray was good, right? But we knew that he had this extra gear that I don't think Kyle, that Cliff Kingsbury had the ability to tap into because he wasn't willing to do that tough love. He wasn't he wasn't willing to really challenge Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, like, if you're ever in that situation, it's like you're not going to – I mean, great great players do. Great people, leaders want to be like, hey, challenge me. Put mm-hmm, me, put mm-hmm. me, Make me uncomfortable and challenge me so I can be a better person. But when you come into the league – and you've got somebody that that kind of enabled you like Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, do you really want to rattle the cage to where you're just going to make life hard on yourself when you you know things have gone pretty well for Kyler Murray when he's just kind of been had a coach that just rolled the footballs out on the field and said, "Hey, just go play ball, do what you do." When you've got a guy that can kind of merge being having that relationship and being relatable to Kyler Murray and you saw it a couple times be the team social media like on video like him just his his interaction with the Kyler, like he's he's obviously got a good relationship right now, but when he kind of starts to press him, I think Kyler Murray's going to appreciate him even more than he ever appreciated Cliff Kingsbury, who was who was always good to him. I don't think he'll ever deny that, but he's like things weren't weren't good for the Cardinals from a play calling standpoint, and uh, it, it was a large part of that is on Cliff Kingsbury's shoulders. Yeah, so I mean, great players, as you said, want to be held accountable. Yeah, uh, and and sometimes it takes that accountability for you to understand that you need to raise your level of play. And I think Kyler has not had that for quite some time, and so now we're in that mode. And I think what what Gannon did is he's he's building some some points within Kyler, telling him that he believes in him. But at the same time, he's going to be hard on him. Yeah. And and I'm going to appreciate that immensely. And I think that's going to pay off. And listen, this is not a team. I know everybody's down on the Cardinals. I know they're before they were four and 13. Like they were not very good. Okay. I get it. But it's not like it's not salvageable. Right. You know, they were one year removed from the playoffs and they should have been a top seed in those playoffs, right. but they fell apart. I have confidence that things will turn around. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be a top seed again next year or anything like that. I'm not saying that they'll even make the playoffs. But I think you'll see a noticeable difference in the production and the effort that is played with across the board and the lack of mistakes. There were so many mental errors last year led by Kyler Murray, and I think those are going to be eliminated quickly. What's Jonathan Gannon's coaching staff going to look like? We've already seen some reports of who they're requesting to talk to. We've got a great graphic breaking it down as of right now. Coordinator requests. Offensive coordinator, somebody that our guy Howard Baltzer read his great work at gophnx.com and reported along with Gannon. Drew Petson, quarterback's coach from the Cleveland Browns, is probably the leader in the clubhouse to be the next OC and work you know, hand-in-hand with Kyler Murray. You talk about footwork with Kyler Murray. This is a guy in Petsing who challenged Sean Watson this season as he returned from all the -the off-the-field issues to fix his footwork. And at at the beginning, it was one of those things where he struggled, but then he got better and better as he kind of knocked the rust off. And that's a testament to Petsing. He's expected to be interviewing today, I think, via Zoom. You got Drew Terrell, who's a local product, he went to Hamilton High School, won two championships with the Huskies out there in Chandler, went to Stanford. He's a rising head, uh, rising candidate for head coach. He's the Washington Commanders wide receivers coach. You know, he helped develop guys like Scary Terry McLaurin. You got Jahan Dotson, who had a great first season as a first-round pick from Penn State. Troy Walters, interesting name, out of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati thought that their coaching staff was going to be intact. Uh-oh, not so fast. Troy Walters, a guy who developed Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, wow. Tyler Boyd, some impressive young wide receivers. Troy Walters, he's interviewing. And then Joel Thomas, running backs coach for the New Orleans Saints. He's a guy in his mid-40s that since he joined the Saints in the Big Easy in 2015, 
That's a group that has the most rushing touchdowns since 2015, and Thomas has been a part of that. I mean, it helps that he have Alvin Kamara and you have a guy like Mark Ingram who can kind of cash in, but Joel Thomas, part of the more uh, decorated groups at the running back position. Then your defensive coordinators, you got Dave Borgonzi, spent one season as the linebackers coach for the Bears. He uh, worked for uh, Eberflus there in Chicago. He followed him from Indianapolis where you had Indianapolis in back-to-back seasons. They had top 10 performances against the run in the pass game. And, oh, yeah, he helped develop one of the top inside linebackers in the league and former, formerly known as Darius Leonard, now Shaquille Leonard. And now you've got Demarcus Covington, Stahl, who's mm-hmm. the most interesting guy in the group. Yep. New England Patriots defensive line coach. Very highly regarded. He was regarded. the D.C. at the Senior Bowl, 33 years old. He has a relationship with Monty Austinfort. And as far as the Patriots, it was quarterback issues and offensive issues this year. Still one of the more highly decorated groups and units in the league defensively. Demarcus uh, Covington, a very interesting candidate for the Cardinals on the defensive coordinator. For sure. I Listen, I, what you're seeing is, is a theme here of young, energetic coaches. <laughs> yeah. um, man, this league is changing. Mm-hmm. It is changing right in front of our eyes. Uh, it used to be just the old guards retreads over and over and over again, and you're hoping that you got the right puzzle pieces together. And now what you're seeing is thirsty, hungry young guys that are up and coming in the game. They study the game. They're energetic. They're passionate. But more than anything else, they can relate to today's players. They understand how to communicate with today's players, and they understand how to get across to them. Um, if I had to pick one or the other, the, the thing for me right now, it would, to me, it would be between Petsing and Walters, and which one do you want most? And mm-hmm. I think right now, if you're looking at Kyler Murray and some of the things that you're trying to get accomplished, you're looking at Drew Petsing being the offensive coordinator because you need that quarterback stuff fixed, fixed and figured out. Um, and then maybe, hey, there's nothing to say that any of these four couldn't also be on the staff as well if they're not the offensive coordinator. Um, And same thing with D.C. Uh, Demarcus Covington, I mean, I have heard nothing but great things about him already. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he's an up-and-coming star in the coaching ranks, highly regarded. Obviously, Monty Austin Ford has a relationship with him, and he thinks he's, uh, you know, uh, definitely a prime candidate. You want superstars on your coaching staff. Yeah. We've seen this time and time and again. The superstar coaching staffs are what win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, and 10 years from now, if you're looking at this Cardinals team and they're successful, you're going to look at the, the, the Gannon coaching tree and you're going to see all these guys that were a part of that coaching tree. This is a great opportunity for all of them. And so I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see the, the youth movement in this Cardinals organization on the coaching side, I think it's a great thing. It is great. I mean, it's 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 better to get in on the ground level on some of these guys. It's far often do those work out more than just kind of going and kicking the tires on some retreads, right? Mm-hmm. To bring guys who had been offensive player callers that had kind of fallen out of favor of previous franchises, and that happened for a reason. And they kind of find like a resurgence at with another team. Sometimes it works if you have the right personnel and, of course, the right coaching staff that can put you in a position to do that. Uh, we have rumored over there a couple other candidates. Mike Zimmer, of course, who spent so many years as a defensive coordinator and a head coach in this league. That's somebody that Howard Balzer said could be tied to this organization. And then Nick Rollis, the linebackers coach for the Eagles, who is 29 years old. And he is actually a hot commodity right now for some of the few openings remaining. But to your point, with a guy like Drew Terrell, uh, wide receivers coach coming over for the commanders, you've got Eric Bieniemy who just signed on. 
as the OC in, in Washington, I mean, Terrell could be looking for work potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could it could just be like what's going on here where somebody wants to blow out their the old guys for his own guys. And when you got Terrell, if you're talking to him, nothing says that Monty and, and Jonathan Gannon can't say, hey, uh, you're probably not there yet at 31 years old, but what do you think about continuing as a wide receivers coach here for us or some other capacity and and you can kind of come come home and continue your ascension as a potential coordinator NFL coach. Yeah, for sure. I it's again, you're you're you can't you can't lose right. with this opportunity. Right. And and so that, I think that's the thing that you're you're really getting at and uh all these guys have an opportunity to really uh, establish their own brand if you will at a at a higher level. Um uh, a, getting promoted to a different position is always a good thing in the NFL. You want to see career progression just like you want to do in your real life or our real lives, I should say. Um, so I, I think this is great. And, and the one thing that, that I would say is Zimmer, um, this is what I like about his potential role is that he wouldn't be the DC necessarily. He would right. just be like an advisor or right. an assistant, which I think you need that, right? You need some of that. Like great coaches understand their own weaknesses, and I think Jonathan Gannon could always use some backup in terms of like, am I seeing this right? Right. Do I have this picture correct? And uh, that's why Zimmer intrigues me very much. He was rumored to be going to Colorado to help out Dion right. and that staff. But if he can come here instead and really help out this organization, that's a win-win all the right. way around. Right. Actual legit connections between Zimmer and Gannon. He worked on his staff in Minnesota for many years. Uh, let's check out the chat. You guys crushing it. Joel saying Covington with Zimmer as a senior assistant would be nice. That would be nice. Chef, chef's kiff to that. Jordan P saying Petzing. Uh, you've got Moana saying, I just want the best coaches. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. I think yep. that's what everybody wants. And kind of to Michael Bidwell's coach at the beginning of this search, or his point at the beginning of the search, is sometimes the biggest names aren't the best coaches. And that's what you're seeing here. Any kind of like thought as far as, Seeing these young up and comers to that the price tag is is low after Michael Bidwell just had to, you know, sign off on a bunch of guys leaving and having to pay for Cliff and Vance Joseph. I definitely think that there's a bit of a, a Rihanna vibe to all this, right? Rihanna does the Super Bowl. She doesn't get paid, but she wants oh, the damn. exposure. Right. She wants the exposure because right. it's valuable exposure. Mm-hmm. Same thing with these coaches. They're young, they're hungry, and they understand that maybe they're not going to get paid premium dollar, but it's the opportunity. And the opportunity will lead to something bigger down the road. So do you want to take that risk? Do you want to take that jump? And I think a lot of these coaches will. They they want that title um, promotion. They want that opportunity to show exactly what they're all about. And um, I, I'm excited for that. I think, again, you're, you're talking about – this is the crazy thing about the NFL overall, right? And, and college and, and pro. There are so many coaches – like yeah. the fact that any one of us could sit here and be like, oh, that's such a trash hire. We don't know shit. Right. Like you, you could sit there all day long. Somebody could win the press. Con- I remember I remember Steve Wilkes after training camp. And I remember Dave Pash. And I love Dave Pash. I'm not trying to bash <laughs> him. I do love Dave Pash. Some Pash receipts. But he said, and I quote, this is one of the most impressive coaching staffs mm-hmm. put together that I've ever seen. How'd that work out? Not well. So it doesn't matter what you think. It's how they perform and how they can communicate what their message is to these players. That's the most, that's, that's coaching one-on-one. You can be the most basic coach, but if you can get through to a player and get him to understand even the most basic fundamental thing and get him to play at a high level, 
that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Scheme or whatever, doesn't matter. We saw Vance Joseph, uh, a, a very complicated scheme apparently because rookies couldn't even get on the field. That didn't that didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter. And you and you cost yourself development. Make it simple, and if guys can play at a high level, that's all that matters. Right. And that's why I like Jonathan Gannon because he said it doesn't matter what my schemes are or my philosophy is because each year is a different year. And you don't know what personnel you're going to have, and you can't bank on the same shit every single year because right. coaches will figure you out. So I love that uh, that perception. I think these guys, because they're young and they're adaptable, will be able to to carry across that message. Yeah, Mark hitting it. Yeah, absolutely right. Love the PHNX merch. Saul wearing a one of the hoodies. I'm wearing one of the hoodies, the camo hoodie. You can check it out, of course, phnxlocker.com. But it's a great point. I mean, it's like an all-star cast that they broke the budget for, and the script sucks. Right. I mean, it just doesn't work out at the end of the day. Here's something that works out for everybody hitting up four peaks in Tempe. Or if you can't go to H Street in Tempe, going to the brewery there and getting some great food, enjoying some atmosphere and, and some great beers while watching some games like the NBA All Star Weekend this weekend, uh, you can go to your grocery store. You can find Kilt Lift. You can find all their great beers there. The Joy Wow Wheat, it's the number one wheat beer in the state of Arizona. You can't go wrong with any of their IPAs. You got Raj, you got Hazy. You got so many options, something for every beer drinker out there. If you're not a beer drinker, you can go just enjoy the great food. You can enjoy all the fun going on at 4 p.m. You can also enjoy the outdoor patio, which oh, we'll yeah. be out there at next Wednesday uh, for our last Wednesdays of the month. That's what we do every single last Wednesday of the month. We go out there, we drink, we have our shows out there. It's a fun time. You can come kick it. Shit, you might even come join us on the show if you really want to. <laughs> just come and hang. Drop just hot take after hot take about this Cardinals coaching staff, <laughs> but you can do it while enjoying some great beer. Also, you got the speed, you got the adrenaline. As far as the beer can derby going down, February 25th, Four Peaks, H Street Pub in Tempe. You've got, uh, you can go get your kits right now. You can pick it up and you can enter to win the fastest beer can in the Valley. Sign up through fourpeaks.com slash events. That's fourpeaks.com slash events. You will not regret it. I know a bunch of people here at PHNX want to make their own entry. We want to do different, like maybe different beats, Cardinals versus Suns versus Coyotes versus the producers. Who would win that? I think, I don't know. I don't know if I trust my guy, Johnny, to put together the best beer can car, but <laughs> we'll put our best effort forward. Got to be 21 years or older to uh, enjoy, of course, the beer, but you don't have to enjoy the fun and the food there at Four Peaks, but you do enjoy it responsibly. Also want to talk about DraftKings. DraftKings over the weekend, you're going to get all the action you want as far as NBA All-Star Weekend and then beyond that. DraftKings, of course, America's number one sports betting app. You can uh, check it out. You have to. You got so much going on. Download and sign up using the code PHNX. New customers can bet $5. That's it on NBA to get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's it's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Use that code PHNX. Get the minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. You got to see the show notes for more details. But so much going on this week. Did you did you do your DraftKings pick of the week already? I haven't done that. Uh, uh, well, I got one for okay, you. Okay, please. Want Colin Marikawa <laughs> to win this weekend. On the links. Bank. Yep. Absolutely. Call right. Marikawa. Where is the PGA this week? Uh, they're at Riviera Country Club in a nice Los Angeles. Are you watching Full Swing? Uh, I am. That is fantastic. Oh, nice. Oh, I, I, the only thing is I can't relate to these golfers at all. They're, they're <laughs> so fucking rich. I mean, the private jet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to go play in Oklahoma this weekend. I live in, you know, in, in Florida. They take a 50-minute 
flight on their private jet to go play the course right. and then they come back for dinner i'm like what the fuck is this even the, like I, I saw uh <laughs> brooks kepka was wearing some dunks and i'm like those look nice and i look up how much they are online yeah like, i yeah. can't no i can't yeah. even that's but, a mortgage uh, payment it's still it's still great you know as far as you want some behind the scenes of the pga you can check that out but also check out the DraftKings sportsbook app you got Saul's DraftKings pick of the week take it to the bank take so many different diff- bets to the bank with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, of course, you want to use that code PHNX. All right, we continue this conversation. So I saw this uh, on Twitter today. It was via Detroit Lions uh, radio personality, and he wanted to kind of get into the Lions potentially moving up from six because that's where they stand with the Los Angeles Rams pick right now. And he said this for our podcast listeners, Draft Clarity is anyone actually excited about the Lions' options at six? Why not trade up to three and guarantee yourself one of the elite defenders or quarterback? Feels like four-player tier or a four-player tier, and the Lions have the means to make a move. Six pick overall plus two seconds are worth the third overall pick. Plus, they also have a pick in the teens. I believe it's 18th overall. So as we sit here. Arizona Cardinals, it seems like the Bears are just destined to trade out of number one and you're going to go quarterback, quarterback, and whoever trades up to one and then Houston at two. Arizona Cardinals will have, for the picking, the top two non-quarterbacks to pick from. And Jalen Carter, who Brad Holmes reportedly likes a lot and wants to kind of cap off his rebuild there in Detroit with, or Will Anderson Jr. Do you, would you, if you're the Cardinals, be open for business to potentially move down the sixth and then some extra draft capital, but that would cost you your chance at both Anderson and Carter. I believe the Lions have two first-round picks. Yes. Yeah. For two first-round picks, I might be entertained okay. on that for sure. Um, because there is some other talent that is down low. Now, you're talking about potential generational talent in Jalen Carter um, and Anderson, but uh, there's also some very good edge talent as well as you move down the uh, the, the line. So, um I could I could be talked into it is is what I would say. I don't know if I'm completely on board, but I could be talked into it because, like I said, there's some good talent out there. Here, here's why I would accept the Arizona Cardinals doing it right now. And I know that this is punting on the ability, as you said, generational-type talent in Carter and Anderson Jr. is K.R. Gordon 08 saying, do not trade the pick. My parents are saying, no, come on, at least open your mind because not only does Monty Austin Fort, and a new, his new assistant GM, Dave Sears, have 20-plus years of experience of scouting and, and working in the, as far as the player personnel department. So does your head coach. So does Jonathan Gannon. He started as a scout. He knows what he's looking for. Yeah. So if he looks down the draft board and he says, look, we can afford to drop three picks, go from three to six, plus, I agree with you, you probably don't take the two twos. You take that extra first-round pick that Detroit has, mm-hmm. their own pick, I think that's 18th, mm-hmm. and you can get another player. I mean, this is not just one player away from a rebuild. If you can get maybe like a Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State, or a Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson, or uh, I mean Ty- Tyree Wilson, Keon yeah. White, like there's there's some good edge rushers Skaronsky in this draft. At the tackle position. I mean, you want to build around Kyler Murray. If that's what Jonathan Gannon is preaching, why not get some old linemen in there? I and, mean, yes, and, and on top of that, there's also some good DB depth. Um, and once you get down to like 18, right. so you can shore up your defense to a certain degree with multiple draft picks. I know everybody's <laughs> like, don't do it now. What I will say is this though, because of what Bo just said, Monty Austin for Patriots organization. What do the Patriots do better than every other team in the NFL scouting? Yep. They are constantly 
finding players that are undrafted, developing them into incredible players over and over and over again. And then you got Jonathan Gannon. Listen, if anybody's going to understand uh, the magnitude and the power that a front four could have, it would be Jonathan Gannon because that's exactly what he had this year. So if he looks at Jalen Carter and he looks at Will Anderson and he says, okay, we can't pass this up, mm-hmm. I trust that. Sure. But if he looks at those guys and says, mm, pr- I think we can find other talent that's just a smidge different and we can get more value for it, then I trust that too yeah. because of who these guys are. If it was Steve Keim, <laughs> I would say, don't you fucking try to trade out of the number three spot. You sit your ass there and you take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. <laughs> Jordan P. saying Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Nowhere near the prospects that Carter and Anderson are. Sure, like we agree with that. I think that it is as far as the top-notch prospects here, there's a significant drop-off. But when you're looking at the Cardinals right now, you see that four defensive linemen from John Gannon's Eagles team are free agents that you could be players for because Philly's going to have to back up the Brinks cart truck to uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I think that you could – kind of retool this defense through free agency yeah. uh, and also with getting like, multiple picks. But look, I, I also agree with what Saul <laughs> says. If, if Gannon's like, Hey, Anderson's a dog. And, and he's, he, that's what they're looking for. Anderson's an absolute dog. We can't move out of here. Or Jalen Carter's the, the generational type talent. He's going to be Aaron Donald. Once he retires in this division, then you say, we're going to stick and pick. It's that simple. I do love that comment by Mike Maris. He says, I'm imagining Johnny trying to call into the podcast right now. He's uh, in line in the teacups. No ACC players. Well, he won't like Big 12 players either if we try to take one from Texas fucking tech. I promise you that. There's- he's probably losing his shit while he's waiting for Rise of the Resistance. So, yeah, I get he's it. He's on Guardians of the Galaxy. And it drops and then his phone flies He's up like, I'm his- trying to call him right now. Oh, man, I love it. But, again, like – I. I, I do have a sense of security with this group uh, in terms of their scouting um, and really their scouting acumen. You you have to trust them until they, they make you not, right? Until mm-hmm. they make the bad moves that, that make you say, hey, like th- this is not the way that they're going to be their strength uh, moving forward. But just all the scouting background that they have from their front office now to their, to their coaching staff, it's really impressive. And if, if they decide, hey, man, this might Paul AZK1 just saying, bo, bo, bo. I mean, come on. I mean, Monty said it himself in his introductory press conference, they're open for business. They're going to look at every avenue as they should. They went 4-13 and 13 last season. It wasn't just Kyler didn't play the best football and that they faced a bunch of injuries. It was there wasn't much depth on this roster, and they need to do it. And the way you can do that is through your assets. And, you know, uh, Nick Moreno from – CHGO Bears wrote a, a great article today about DeAndre Hopkins and the potential, you know, mm-hmm. should the Bears trade for him now that they figured out, you know, since he got suspended, he lost his no trade clause. It voided. Uh, he couldn't have a say where he goes. Like you could get some nice picks from the Bears as well. Uh, so you can get draft capital that way. But I don't think you should limit yourself on where you can create more assets from your current assets. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and that's that's the beauty of what you might have at OC or the potential of uh, having other guys come into your system like a Terrell um, who who could come in here and, and coach wide receivers up and get them to to really uh, maximize their own potential like he has done in Cincinnati. And so if you do that and you get rid of D-Hop mm-hmm. um, and you build on Rondell Moore, and I know we haven't seen much from Rondell Moore because he's been injured often, um, but if you're able to maximize that, that potential um, and you're able to get another first, maybe second round pick, 
for a, a D hop and maybe some other assets, then you're talking. And I think that will calm the fears of everybody else out there <laughs> in terms of like not trading down for out of the three spot. Listen, these guys are going to be at the combine. They're going to see these guys up front and 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 up close. And they're going to see them run the 40s. They're going to see them do the bench press the whole nine yards, which is a spectacle in itself, let me tell you. Um, and and you're going to be able to hear firsthand why these guys should be first-round picks and see firsthand, in addition to the tape that you've already seen, right? They're, they are generational talents on paper, but you just never know how things are going to work out. You know, we had Andre Wadsworth as the number three overall pick back in 1998, and he was a surefire, like, can't-miss prospect. Right. And unfortunately for him, uh, he battled turf toe and knee injuries and all these other things that just really cost him his career, um, and it just didn't work out. So you never know. There's no guarantee in any of this, but you you want to take the the pick with the most certainty, and, and that's sure. what I think everybody in the chat is saying. And, and I agree with that. However... You got to look at all your options and you just never want to say no to, to an option. Right. You can fall in love with these guys all you want. I mean, I can look at the 2022 draft and we can find guys that you would say were sure fire uh, that, you know, had decent seasons. I mean, you had guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Sauce Gardner fall out, no doubt mm -hmm. about it. But then you look at guys like uh, Thibodeau who dealt with injuries. You can never predict that. Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick and, you know, he had – a very subpar season at three and a half sacks. I mean, is he going to, are we saying they're busts? Not by any stretch, but if you're looking for guys that are going to be impact makers from day one, it's going to take some time. Uh, you look at the rest of the, the top 10, you, you've got some guys that you have to be patient with. And if, if you're patient, I mean, this is a long game with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, as, as much as we expect with the ability of, of high draft picks and cap space for them to kind of turn this thing around with, armed with like good coaching and development, that this rebuild could be expedited, sure, but you know you're gonna be you got to be able to kind of risk uh, and be confident in what your background is and where your strengths are in drafting and evaluating talent and developing it. That should be the new era for Arizona Cardinals football, and, and that excites me. So I'm, I'm if they decide, hey, this is something that's going to be the best move for the franchise in this draft, I'm going to trust that. But Let's uh it's also there's also no guarantee. Right. I mean the Bears could very well take Jalen yeah. Carter or Anderson number Despite one overall. What the, the betting odds are. Like we I mean the Cardinals were favored to get Sean Payton at one point. It's like that's that that only goes so far, right? Yeah. It's also to kind of in incite public betting. That's the number one thing. What's Wade Millard saying here? Bo, Johnny, and Saul uh should give us Cardinals seven round mock draft trades if you want. Absolutely, okay. that's coming your way. Okay. It is you know, with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror and us heading to Indy in less than two weeks, we are absolutely going to ramp up our draft season because we own the offseason over here at PHNX Sports. It's the only place you can get local coverage out there at all the big events, including the Combine in Indianapolis. Also, you know, it's a place where it's nice to come home and kind of unwind. And the best place to do that is one that's you got furniture for more furniture set up at. We uh, Since more furniture came on as a partner, I look like a smart person suggesting to my wife, hey, we need to check out morefurniture.com for our living room and our bedroom and my kids' room. And now our house is looking great. And you can do the same for yourself. Check it out what they got going on. The President's Day sale going on this weekend. You can save up to 25% and you can get a little cheaper white glove delivery. Already very affordable, but you're going to save yourself some cash as well. White glove delivery, you make the order, they deliver it to you, they got get rid of all the packing materials, they put the furniture together, and they put it exactly where you want. You can dial in your feng shui in your living room, 
your dining room, your bedrooms. Do it more with morefurniture.com, the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Also on 44th Street in McDowell. Also going on this weekend, great place to go check out all the uh, NBA uh, All-Star Weekend festivities, take in all the like the dunk contest and the three-point competition. Do that at Octane Raceway. It's a great place. You can kind of fuel your own competitive uh, energies by getting out there on the track. You can go bowling. You can use the arcade. You can hang out, do whatever you want. But Octane Raceway Mavericks in Scottsdale is an unbelievable place to hang out this weekend and any day of the week. They got specials all throughout the week. How about a Mondays? They got $15 unlimited fun pass, 50% off Taco Trios on Taco Tuesday. Wednesday's winning Wednesday, half-price arcade games all day long. Big bucket Thursday, you can get a $20 bucket of beer. And then Friday night, tonight, it's Friday trivia night, rotating drink specials from 8 to 10. And then over the weekend, 50% off signature bowling before noon. You get the family in there before noon, and you can save 50% on their bowling. Book some fun this spring. Head it out there. Maybe the talking stick. It's right there at Octane Raceway, Mavericks, kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcades. Check them out, octaneraceway.com and mavericks.com to learn more. Hanging out here, wrapping up a busy week here at PHNX Cardinals. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of put the draft fear aside. Uh, <laughs> it was reported before the show, Josina Anderson, who's uh, been dialed into this Arizona card. Friend of the program. That's right. We're probably go, seeing Indy. Saw her out there at opening night uh, at the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. But she reported that another uh, coach is exiting the Cardinals staff after VJ yesterday, who's interviewing for the D.C. job at his old stomping grounds in Denver. Sean Jefferson, probably the most respected guy on the offensive side of the football. Sean Jefferson, the wide receivers coach, is leaving the organization after probably meeting with Jonathan Gannon yesterday, as all the coaches on the staff did after his postgame press conference. So when we talk about a guy like Drew Terrell, uh, wide receivers coach for the commanders, there's a there's an opening here for the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, you hate to see a guy like Jefferson go. Maybe it, he lands where his son Van Jefferson is in, in in uh, LA, LA. Mm-hmm. that that'd be a good landing spot for him, especially since they just lost their tight ends coach to uh, Carolina and Frank Reich's staff as their offensive coordinator. So pretty interesting. I mean, there's still a lot of moves to be done for the Cardinals, even though they finally ended this coaching search officially, you know, earlier this week. Yeah. You know, I, I, am not heartbroken over Sean Jefferson leaving, right. um, or I'm sorry, Van jo- Jefferson. Uh, I don't know you're right with Sean. No, yeah. Sean. Sorry. I get those two mixed up. Um, I, what, what? All right, I'm gonna be a dick. <laughs> what did he do? Uh, I, you know mean, what I mean, as like, far as developing, you you can't you can't point to anybody. I mean, Christian Kirk was Christian okay. Kirk consistently started off strong and faded down right. the stretch. And so it wasn't that it took him leaving to really explode. Yeah, and then, then he had a great year in Jacksonville. And so, Rondell Moore, you know, was he couldn't stay healthy. That's not on Sean. No, but at it's the not. same time, there wasn't like hey. You can point to him, and that's the that's the success story. Yeah, for Sean Jefferson. There was just there was nothing wow about any of these receivers, you know, mm-hmm. and even the ones that you thought were going to develop into high level, like Antoine Wesley, right? He got injured, of course, but like it just felt like Wesley has the measurables to be able to do more than he did, and you know he, he just was never able to pull that out of him. And mm-hmm. so I, I, it's not a big loss to me. I think that there's other guys out there that uh, 
<laughs> Mike Myers. He developed Andy Isabella. Yeah, he did. Developed him right out of the league. Um, so I, I just, it's not a big deal to me. I think that this is uh, something that's probably good for both parties. And the Cardinals, again, the Cardinals need to get guys in here that have a thirst for this game. And I'm not saying he didn't, but they understand what the development process is like and how to get guys from A to Z. I agree with Jalen Blair. Yeah, Greg Dorch developed under him. Sure. Yeah, we'll give him that. We'll give him his flowers there. But I think he's very reminiscent of Vance Joseph to where he was very re- well respected. He he was he was a great ambassador for the Cardinals as far as when he would get up there and he would talk to media and how he handled his himself in front of players. But as far as the results, to your point, they just weren't there. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been there. And you know, it's it's not gonna say we're not gonna say, hey, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out, but it's like, hey, thanks for your service. Let's see who else can get but, in. Here. But also, I, I also feel like that there's a part of this that is on him um in terms of let's talk about Greg Dortch. Greg Dortch barely saw the field in the first six to eight games of this season. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was uh, uh, an eighth or ninth target. <laughs> right. There was only four guys out there sometimes. And to me, that's that's on your receiver coach to really go to bat for certain guys and say, you need to see this guy um, and you need to put him in the game because he's he's balling. We mm-hmm. need ballers out there. And so, yeah, I, I – I'm, I'm, I, he's going to take the L on that one for me. Right. I mean, to see Greg Dorch from OTAs to, to you know, mini camp to training camp to when they actually, when the when it was live ammunition and they were, every time he got an opportunity, he made plays. When Rondell Moore came back, the fact that his, his position coach, maybe he did, but there was no reports of him saying, hey, we need to get this guy out here. Mm-hmm. Even though he's not a second round pick, he's the guy that's making plays. Now, Cardinals update in the chat. It's the first time I've seen Carl's Cardinals update since our Pat McAfee interview, and we were taken straight from <laughs> Pat McAfee because of Cardinals update, thinking we were him. Uh, he's he's got some insight. Yeah, he's absolutely right as far as uh, he he pointed out the Albert Breer report, and I'm looking at the tweet right now. So Breer's saying that Arizona's defensive coordinator interview with Bears linebackers coach Dave Berganzi got moved up to the night, and it'll start shortly. Card's interest is very real here. Jonathan Gannon and Berganzi, they know each other well back from their Colts days. Uh, Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rollis, who we mentioned earlier in the show, is another prime candidate for the job. So, And then we mentioned the, guy, the defensive line coach, Demarcus Covington from, from New England. So a lot of like rising stars here who are highly coveted. I'm sure Everflus in Chicago wants to keep a guy he's worked with closely for the last couple of seasons, but... It's really interesting, but it's good to hear that the Cardinals, now that they have their coach in place, are acting with a sense of urgency because it didn't feel like it was there before. Yeah, I love the the fact. Like, Bergonzi, the one thing that I do like about him was that he was in charge of that Colts linebacker unit two years ago. Yeah. Um, and that linebacker unit was one of the best in the NFL. Like, they were solid across the board. Yeah. Um, they they surpassed expectations uh, with that unit. And so that that makes me feel good, especially when you're talking about guys like Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins and what you're going to be able to get out of those two guys. So um, I, I, I there's not one candidate here that I'm like, oh, no, stay away. You know, I, I think they're all solid candidates. And so I think anybody should be excited for any one of these guys to be a part of this organization. The weekend is drawing closer, and with that, I'm popping up the Underdog Fantasy app. I'm looking at the NBA. You've got the Pick'em for the All-Star Weekend coming up. You can go higher, lower on some great things as far as the uh, Rising Stars game. You've got, you know, of course, the three-point competition. You want to get in all the action this weekend, and you don't want to be tied to a season-long fantasy. 
league, check out Underdog Fantasy. It's got everything you want, and it approaches daily fantasy sports differently. Draft a team of your own against five of your friends, and the highest-scoring squads from that night can win some cold, hard cash. Draft six NBA players, no positional limits, and you can put together just an absolute squad. I had some fun. We, of course, did it during the NFL season, but you can continue on now that the NFL year is in the rearview mirror with the NBA, with MLB, with the NHL. Do it with underdog fantasy. Continue to just rule your friends in fantasy sports by using underdog fantasy. It's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up today with the promo code PHNX, and underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. All right. Saw an interesting thing. I saw you retweeted it. It was uh, <laughs> as we wrap things up. Jalen Rose, of course, former NBA player, no. said that you got to spend at least a hundred dollars no. on your haircut. No, no, man, no. <laughs> you were just hanging out with James Connor. You guys share a barber. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell I picture you as a guy spending that much money. On I mean, I'm, listen, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. No, it, look, it's, I, a, it, it's crazy to me. So hey, listen, man, we, we need, and Sean, Sean and I have had this discussion because we're the only brothers here in the, in, in the house. Like it used to be like, if you charge like more than $20, that fucking fade better be tight. It better be the best haircut you've ever received. And now we're talking about 50, 60, 70, 80. Right. Jalen, Jalen Rose throwing out a hundred dollars. Well, it's easy to throw out a hundred dollars when you're making millions of dollars every year. No, that's bullshit. No way. No way. Not happening. Like, yeah, I mean, like for me, I go 65 because I got that like white and black hair and I got strands (laughs) and all wacky shit. Right. So, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's no, I'm not paying a hundred dollars. No, but here's what I'll say. Don't go out there and spend $10 on a haircut either. I think that there is a happy medium. I I was taught that lesson as a young man that, I mean, it's on your head. Your hair is on top of your head. And if you go and you get that Mark Davis slash Lloyd Christmas cut. <laughs> I, I, did I see Mark Davis shave his head bald? Oh, I didn't it's see It's about that. time. It's been long overdue. Oh he had gosh. that pumpkin pie haircut thing, and it was, not, it was not a good look. The, so the, the one thing about it is, is like this is where I think a lot of barbers go wrong, and I think this is why they're starting to charge more, is the, the good barbers will not only cut your hair, but they'll style it too. Um, and they understand like what you want to do on a day-to-day basis with your haircut. Whereas before, you know, we're talking about like you go a one <laughs> or a two on top, you get it nice and faded, you know, you get some guys want to get the wave. So they just, you know, want to get crispy on top. Like it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. But it's, 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 it's not for everybody. Right. And you can't be charging those kind of crazy prices if you're just going to shave some dude like bald and just line them up. Like that's not happening. So yeah, you, you, you get what you pay for. Uh, and not only, you know, so, so Nicole Renee is my, my girl down in Tucson. She's the best in the business. I love her to death. Uh, and James, uh, James yeah, has her come all the way up to Phoenix. And I told James <laughs> last week, first this is name basis. Uh, yeah. James and I was yeah. like, James, man, like when she comes up, like holler at your voice. So I don't have to go all the way down to Tucson. <laughs> so they get a haircut. He laughed and walked away. Oh. I'm like, bro, like, that's uh, fine. Whatever. Right. But Damien. Damian Anderson, yeah, DA. Uh, his his brother cuts, and he cuts out there in uh, I think it's off of Alma School and uh, Chandler Boulevard. I want to say somewhere around there. Uh, he does a really nice job, and he cut my hair last time. So check him out; he's dope. All right, sixty five bucks. Cardinals update? Question mark. Uh, just keeping his finger on that on that button across oh, yeah. the board. Saul oh, ain't yeah. paying a hundred bucks. He's paying ninety five. Twenty five <laughs> at most from Michael Evans. Mike Mary is confirming that uh, Mark Davis is bald. Jordan P saying thirty dollars is the sweet spot. Now is that after tip? Because then 
I don't oh, know, man. Tip, but uh, tip, tip's going to take you over fifty if you're good. Yeah, and then Mike A saying hundred dollars can get yourself the equivalent to do. Hey man, like on your yeah, own no. damn fade. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, Clippers are not a hundred dollars if you get good ones, right? So that's a lie. <laughs> Uh, James does like PH and X Shore and P. He does. Okay, just right. doesn't want to share his barber when it when he comes to town. When she comes to town, appreciate everybody tuning in today. Participate in the chat. You guys have killed it all week. We continue as the Arizona Cardinals. They haven't made any hires as far as the coordinators go. Anytime news breaks, of course, you want to keep it uh, subscribed. And you got your alerts set up here on PHNX underscore Sports on YouTube. Of course, you're following along on all the socials at PHNX underscore Cardinals. For Saul Bookman, I'm Bo Brock. Thank you to Emma behind the ones and twos, producing us up, making us sound and look so good. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Johnny's back next week, so we no show Monday. We're back on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend.